You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Well, good morning. For some odd reason, I am excited about this morning. I got a feeling that he's going to show up. But he's already showing up. He's been, he's been showing up. And so I pray that he would continue that work on this morning. I also ask that before I get into today's sermon, that you do me this one great pleasure. That during this sermon, find a second or two to keep me in your prayer. Uh, as I concluded last night this sermon, man, I went to my wife. Thank you. About twelve thirty in the morning, saying, "Baby, I have no reason, I have no idea why he's called me this morning to preach this text." Because in no way am I content. In no way am I consistently satisfied in Jesus. So for him to have me to preach this, it has to be about him. And so I'm going to read a little, a little biography by dear friend Paul. It'll be up on the screen because it's in the NLT version and not the elect standard version. And so you'll hear it in the NLT, not the elect standard, amen? Uh, for, uh, uh, for a good reason. But but whatever they dare to boast about, I'm talking like a fool again. I dare not to boast about it. Two, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night in a day adrift at sea, I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in cities and in deserts and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim 
to be believeth but or not. Amen. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. If you fast forward five years from this writing, Paul would say, not that I am speaking of any need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how both to be brought low and to, he says, abound. In any and every circumstance, Paul would say, he says, man, listen, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I don't know about you in this audience. But if God had ever decided to take me through all of this, I don't think I would desire to be a Christian. I don't think that I would have the audacity in prison, in stocks, to write this letter to the church at Philippi. That wouldn't sound so encouraging if God in his sovereignty had allowed me to go through all of this. Paul would say, I've went through all of this and I can say to you, I'm satisfied. I'm good. I am content. Let's fast forward some 2,000 years. Let's put it in your house, in your home, in your marriage, in your finances. Let's go to your job. Let's go in your neighborhood. Let's go to your school. Let's go to that old mean boss of yours, that, 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 that downright evil co-worker. Can you say in the midst of it all, because you are a follower of Christ, I am satisfied. Ah, I'm content. I'm good. I know that the marriage is not going so well, but I'm good. I know that the I know that the money runs out by, by the end of the month, but I'm good. I know that my health is, is kind of bad, but I'm good. I'm satisfied in Jesus. Can you say that? But even when your child has gone wayward, that you are still good. When your house is foreclosed, Carl Depot, can you still say that you are? Um, satisfied. I don't know about you, 
but I submit to you all this morning, that's not me all the time. I am not content in Jesus. So here I am having to preach this sermon about a truth and reality I don't live out perfectly. But I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it. Because I wanted to, that even before I go any further in this sermon, I want to explain to you what Paul means by this word content. I know that it, in short form and, and shorthand it means to be satisfied. I understand, but at this time of Paul's writing, he takes this word that the Stoics, uh, they used. And to them, it was this essential value that people had to possess. Uh, uh, one Stoic said this, that man should be sufficient to himself for all things, enabled by the power of his will, that's man's will, to resist the force of circumstances. Seneca, a head, a stoic, or a cynic at the time, had this to say about this word. It is the happy man, it is the happy man is content with his present lot, no matter what it is, and is reconciled to his circumstances. Paul takes this word, but in stoic philosophy, he, he takes it and he, he turns this word upside down on his head. Paul, he moves this word from being a self-achieved contentment to a gospel-centered contentment. Let me just, now, now, I, I found some working definitions uh, uh, for this term. It'll be on the screen for your reading. It is when one is joyful with his or her present lot, no matter what it is, and is reconciled to his or her circumstances in Jesus. It could be it is being satisfied with what you have and who you are, uh, with who you are and what you have in Jesus. It is the discipline to be in a bad situation or circumstance and enjoy the goodness of your daddy in Jesus. In, in, in Jesus. So I've, I've preached this sermon or this text probably about four to five times. And I have given them the wrong secret. Paul says that I have I have learned to be content. There was a secret that Paul would say was given to me. Now, I've kind of given you a, a heads up on what this secret is, but for your sure enjoyment, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord. Now that at length 
You have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. I know you not wanted to look out for a brother, but you had no chance to do it. So he says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking in need or of need, for I have learned, I, 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 I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I've learned. I've learned. Paul would say, I did not get this when I was first saved. It took some time getting here. That, 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 that when God revealed himself to me in Acts chapter 9 and Acts 10, I was not there yet. Acts 11, I was not there yet. Acts 12, 13, and 14, I was not there. But we see a glimpse of it in Acts 16. When Paul and his boy Silas are in prison, and stopped. They were actually in Philippi in jail. And while Paul is in jail with Silas, they have the nerve to sing to God, to, to pray to God. In the midst of a, this term prison meant a dark house, a dark room in a dark place. In the midst of a dark place, Paul her and Silas were had the audacity to sing to God and pray to God while they were satisfied, even in stocks. In a dark place, in prison, where feces is all around, the good. Satisfied. So let me let me reveal to you what is the secret that now God has revealed to me that God I just now I got it. This secret that Paul is talking about is his union with Christ. It's all in his letters. In the book of Ephesians alone, it's some 36 times in there. In the book of Philippians is it's written over nine times. He mentions this idea of union with Christ over some 103 times in all of his letters. It's in every letter Paul writes. And for, and for some reason, I missed it. Paul said, it's because I am in Christ, I can be satisfied in any situation. So let me unfold for you quickly what this doctrine means. Now, first of all, let me say this. This doctrine is very robust. It's, it's a very huge, dense uh, teaching that I know that in, in 15 minutes I can give you. So let me challenge you this. Will you spend some time trying to understand what this doctrine really means and how this doctrine in and of itself, listen, it is, it is key, it is vital, it is vital for everyone who is saved. It is so vital, one loaded author had this to say about it. The primary, central, and fundamental reality of salvation is our union with Christ. Because of such, all the benefits 
of the Savior flow to us and through which union all these benefits are to be understood. Here it is. The most basic of all seven truths is the union God the Father forges. He forms between the, the believer and his son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. To put it plainly, to be saved is to be united with Jesus. To be saved is to be in union with Jesus. So I want to focus on three aspects of this, of this doctrine. It happening in eternity past, in time, and in future. That this is just not something that God himself made up in time. So first, let me just reveal to you through scripture how this doctrine came out in eternity past. These will be on the screen for your, uh, 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 for your reading. Ephesians chapter 3, verse uh, 1, verses 54 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, here it is, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about your Lord, nor of me, uh, his prisoner." But share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, so who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Here it is, which he gave us in Christ before the ages began. That before God decided to put the moon on the day shift. I mean, the sun on, on the day shift, the moon on the night shift, that before God decided to throw up the stars in the sky, that before God decided to make uh, these, uh, these planets or uh, land and water and animals and creatures and, uh, uh, and sea only, he said, I had chosen you already in me before I even decided to make any of these things. Yeah, 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 I don't know about you, but what kind of father who, I mean, in his love and, and according to his will, would think about me before mom and dad does? That before grandma and grandfather hooked up, that before daddy and mama hooked up, God has said, I already knew you before I put you in your mama's womb. That even before you was formed, according to Jeremiah 1.5, I had consecrated you. I had you on my mind, in my heart, before I formed the world. But that, that I, 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 I already decided that, that, that when you were born, I was going to save you. In Jesus, I had you on my mind before the earth, the heavens were created. I don't know about you, but 
That kind of makes me feel kind of special. That when, that when God knew this before he formed that according to my lifestyle, he would allow me to go through these ups and downs, to go through hard situations. And he had already in mind, I'm going to save you. Because in Christ, before the world was formed, I chose you. I chose you. In him, I chose you. That's, 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 that's pre-eternity. That's, that's, that, that's eternity past. But let's talk about this in time, thing, because I know you, like me, are saying, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Doesn't the Bible say I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity that I was, according to Ephesians 2.12, I was born separated from Christ, from his covenants, and I was born separated from him. So how could Christ, in turn the past, want this thing out to save me in time? I'm so glad you asked. Let's look at Ephesians chapter uh, 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 2, verse 11 to 12. Just to reinforce what I'm saying. Therefore, remember that you at one time were Gentiles in the flesh called the circumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Here's verse 12. But remember that you were at some time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to, to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. So when I was born in this world, somehow, someway, Christ was over here, not over here. But he had planned and eternity to pass to get me over here. How would he do that? Well, God, being God, it's called his eternal calling. That God, through his eternal calling, by the proclamation of the gospel and his Holy Spirit, that, that, that God, through his word and through his spirit, would bridge me over here to be in Christ forever. That, that, that all this happened when Christ applied his spirit in my life. So when Christ saved me, he gave me his seed, his, 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 his spirit. And, and, and his spirit transferred me from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. And he placed me in him for eternity. This is key. Why? On the screen. God cannot love us directly because of our sinfulness. But he can love us in union with Christ because he is the one the Father loves. In him, we have redemption. In him, we have an inheritance. In so on. Listen to me. You are not so all that that God can love you outside of Christ. As a matter of fact, 
whenever we decide to practically, not positionally, get out of Christ, we're out of fellowship. So we have to repent. No, 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 no. Relationally, we're good. There's never a separation from God in us. He's always our, our Father. He's always our Savior. Christ is. But here's what I'm saying. God is only able to love you unconditionally and to love you with the same kind of love on which he loved his son is because you are in Jesus. He's only able to forgive you. It's not that, it's not that you, you, you get saved. It's not that, that Christ, he saves you, bends you over here, and then somehow you are way over here again. No, 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 no. That, 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 that whenever God sees you, he sees Christ first. So you're able, watch this, to share in every blessing he gives his son. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in just something that he loves us just as he loves the son. Why? We are in his son. We're in the son. He has loved us so much that before he formed the world, he decided, I'm going to put you in my son, and I'm going to love you as I love my son, and you will have everything you need, the Bible says, for life and godliness. So what are the benefits, maybe you're asking, of this union with Christ now in time? Well, according to Ephesians chapter 1, Verse 3, check it out. You have every spiritual blessing you need in him. If you need peace, in him. If you need love, it's in him. If you need joy, it's in him. If you struggle with approval, which most of us do, in him, you are fully approved. That there is not a spiritual thing that the Father wants for you that you cannot have in Christ. I mean, can you, can everything that you need spiritually to do what it is that God has called you to do is in Jesus Christ. I was in Vegas. I know, I know y'all just pray for me. I was in Vegas over the weekend. I got there, man. I seeing all the old casinos and seeing, man, that's, that's just some nice stuff that will lead a person to sin. Every morning, noon, and night, I walk through where I see the game blackjack. I see, I see craps. I, I see slot machines. I, and, I, and, and I'm walking through this thing, I, I, I'm walking through this, this, this casino and there are a bunch of temptations. A bunch of, so people ask me, man, did you have fun in Vegas? Heck no. I mean, the food is good. That's it. The hotel is bad. But man, listen, unless you wanted to sin, you couldn't have fun. Here I am walking through casinos, walking on the strip, man, and man, this sermon, which I was actually preparing, I was, I was beginning to see, God, I, I'm satisfied in you. 
even to the point my wife and I went to marshals, two-story marshals, upstairs and downstairs. We, in, we are in marshals, y'all, my, my past addiction. So we're in marshals, and man, I'm going through, I, I go straight to the men's apartment, the clearance rack. I'm going up, going up. Oh, man, that's a nice shirt. Oh, those nice jeans. So I had it in my hand, ready to walk out. And I'm walking out towards my wife. Something said, you don't need that. And I started to argue with, with that voice. Yes, I do. <laughs> Who are you to tell me what I don't? Yes, I do need that. Put it back. It's on clearance. It's on clearance. Jeans for 20 bucks. It's on clearance. A shirt for six. It's on. Put it back. Shoot. Put it back. I walked away looking at it. Got to my wife. And she said, you don't have anything. You don't have Marshall's two stories, a big men's apartment, a long clearance, and you don't have anything? I'm content. I'm content. I don't need that. I'm, I'm good. She said, okay, well, we, 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 we have to still walk after walk past the register, department, and let's see. Walked by, God help me. God help me. God help me. God help me. Went that went past the cash register. Went down the escalators with nothing in hand. And let me tell you, that was only because. I was content in Jesus that I walked through Marshall's two floors, the old Chris rack with nothing in my hand. To add to one more story, then I'm going to move on. I came to Stonegate, we came to Stonegate, my wife and I. I didn't run this by her, so she may be mad at me when I leave, but True story. When we came to Stonegate, my wife and I, we had over $185,000 worth of debt, not including a mortgage. $185,000. September we submitted it to the elders. That's where we are. And I know we're in trouble. If you fast forward now some two and a half years later, we are $65,000 in debt. And not one eighty-five. That did not happen if my wife and I 
hadn't been content and satisfied in Jesus. So we clap, but man, really the, the applause go to us realizing man, that we're man that we don't need a lot of stuff that we've said that we needed. That that, that word need is a strong word that, that that we've kind of confused. We don't need anything. What we need is Jesus. And man, and, and let me just say, God has been super gracious to us because we have decided to be in Christ. And we know that what does not bring me joy, me, is me having an outfit out of Marshalls. It's Christ in Christ alone. So Christ, so when you're in this union, he, he gives you every spiritual Blessing, but also, watch this, y'all, according to Ephesians, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, you are complete. You are filled in Jesus. I'll make a mess, and I will clean it up after I leave. I realized that when I came to Stonegate, one of my huge things was that I felt like I was lacking in an area of my life. That I was not complete. That I was not full. And so I, I shocked. One guy told me that every preacher needs to have 31 suits. I had 27 suits in the county. I wanted the approval of man. But I've come to realize over the past two and a half years that I'm full in Jesus. And there's nothing no one can add to me to make me feel significant, proved, or loved. Than Jesus. I don't need anything else to be filled. I'm in Jesus. And the once you realize that you are in Jesus, you don't need a new car. You don't need new clothes. You don't need the approval and praise of man. Why? Because in Christ, you're filled. He, you are filled with righteousness. You are filled with holiness. You got all the joy that you need, all the peace, because you are in Jesus. And I bet a job can't add nothing to you when you are in Jesus. When you hear me tell you this morning that in Christ you are filled to the brim. That when God the Father looks down on you, he sees not somebody who's lacking, but a child who's filled because of Jesus Christ. As long as we stay, and, and even when we don't stay, even when we do sin and we're not satisfied positionally and spiritually, God the Father, because of Christ, sees us as <laughs> blameless. Sinless, perfect. 
Because of Jesus has this truth massaged your heart. Stop living for approval. Stop living for the praise of man. God the Father, he tells you all day long in Jesus. I don't need somebody else to praise me. I don't need it anymore. And this has been a struggle in my life for years. But today, I stand free. Not wanting to please you anymore, because I'm pleased already in Jesus. Will you please join me? And let's say together, man, I'm filled in Jesus. I'm complete. And I don't need no one else. I don't need nothing else. I only need. Jesus, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm good. I'm good now. I don't need more stuff anymore. I'm good now. And he is massaging his truth in my heart every single day. Valentine, you're good. I'm for you. You're good now. And this is blessing my soul. I can come to Stonegate and not try to prove anything to anybody anymore. Because, I, because now I'm in Jesus. And I realize this now. Listen, you don't need anything from anybody but Jesus. You do. If you're in Christ, you're good. And nobody can add anything to you. Nobody. Nobody. So because I have every spiritual blessing in Christ, and because I'm filled complete in Christ, now Philippians 4.13 makes sense. I can do all things through him. Who gives me strength? I don't need more degrees. Don't need a better house, new job, or a new spouse. I'm good. I can love those who hate me. I can bless those who curse me. I can pay for those who do me wrong. I can smile at those who talk behind my back. I can serve a mean boss in a good way because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And listen, I just figured this thing out because I realized that I have every spiritual blessing in Christ, that I am complete in Christ. I can now do all things through, in, and with, and because of Christ Jesus. Do you feel me? Do you feel me? You can love, you can love your enemy now. You can, love, you can love your enemy. You can love your in-laws. Don't figure it out. Because in Christ, you have everything. Amen. 
preaching. I preach too long. So how do I apply this quickly? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna, and then I'm done. How do I apply this? Number one, remember, remember this doctrine. Study this. Study it. Ask God to massage it in your heart. Ask Him to to make it real intellectually and by experience. Help me to understand that I have everything. I am complete, that I can do all things because of you. Number two, be thankful in Christ. Be thankful. I know that a lot of us were in bad in a bad situation. But when was the last time you in a bad situation told God, thank you? I'm in a job I don't like, but thank you. There's a guy working beside me or she, I don't like her, but thank you. The marriage is kind of struggling, but thank you. School is kind of hard, but thank you. You can say that in Jesus. So remember this doctrine. Be thankful. Encourage others in Jesus. Paul in prison. This is the only letter Paul writes where he's not rebuking anyone. He's in prison writing this letter, and for the first time in all of Paul's letters, he doesn't rebuke anyone. He simply encourages them. A person who's not content does not encourage. A person who is not content is not thankful. A person who is not content does not rejoice always in Jesus. Lastly, pray. Pray that the Spirit of God Fill you, control you, massage this truth in your heart and life every single day. Pray. Because not many Christians ponder on about this doctrine. You are in Christ. Last quote by, by my boy in New York. I love him. My friend, the Padre, homie. Tim Keller, you cannot learn contentment by merely living in difficult places. And you cannot learn contentment by merely living in happy places. You learn contentment by living in both places and not finding your contentment in your life circumstances. Paul learned to be content, satisfied in Christ, with plenty and content with little uh, and with little, independent of circumstances. It is Christ that makes him content, and that gives him strength to do all things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Before I got uh, going any further, God, who the Bible says this, that death and destruction are never full because the eyes of men, the desires of men, men are never satisfied. And if the truth be told that, that if I'm in this room and I don't know you and the pardon of my sins, 
There's nothing that can satisfy you. If the only one that is capable, the only one who is able to satisfy you is your son. So, Father, if I'm in this room and I, and I, and I don't know you, but I know this, that, 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 that death and destructions are on swole because people's eyes and hearts and longings are never satisfied. Will you please, in this room tonight, turn that individual, God, to you by the aid and power of your spirit this morning, where he or she might find complete satisfaction in you this morning. Father, we thank you. God, we pray, God, that at this time you would reach down and save someone. And God, for us, for us who are saved, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. That's simply saying that there's nothing in this world, in this life, that can satisfy us but you. And God, so many times we've tried to fill that vacuum, that void in our lives with something or someone, and the only one that could, God, that could satisfy that eternal longing is you. So, Father, right now, there's one in the room that is not content, that's going through a difficult time right now, and, and God, in a difficult situation, or God, that, 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 that's just not satisfied for whatever reason in you. Will you work now? Would you remind them of their union with you this morning? God, will you please, 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 as this time of of repentance is occurring and you are showing your goodness even in a difficult moment. God, will you satisfy you now this morning? We thank you for the person and work of Jesus. We thank you for our union with him. And we pray that the Spirit of God would constantly remind us of this. Father, Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.